What's up, you guys? Welcome back to Table for Two podcast. I am your host, Kirsten, and I am so glad that you are joining me on the podcast today, whether it's morning and you're headed to work or to school, um, or it's your lunch break, middle of the day, and you just wanted to come hang out with me. Or maybe it's nighttime and you're winding down and you wanted to just, you know, grab your favorite snack and beverage and wind down with the Table for Two podcast, whatever time it is where you're listening. I'm so glad that we're hanging out right now. Today is an episode that, as I always say, I'm so excited for. Um, but seriously, this is one that was recorded months ago and has been sitting in the archives and I've just been waiting on the right moment to share it. And I felt that with it being the month of May, um, even though it's almost the end of May, um, with this being Mental Health Awareness Month, I figured what better time than now to share this episode. Today we are sitting down with Gloria Umana, who is the founder of The Hope Booth. Um, and if you don't know what The Hope Booth is, I'm not even going to explain it because, I mean, what better person to explain it than Gloria herself, which she will talk a lot about in this episode. Um, And yeah, so if you haven't heard of the Hope Booth, I'm so excited for you to learn more about it. But if you have, then you know that the Hope Booth is an incredible, just an incredible thing that has been created. And the team is just so awesome. And they've just made so much impact around the world. Um, And truly, they're just getting started. Um, And so I was just incredibly honored to get to talk with Gloria about being the founder of the Hope Booth, how it came to be, and her story. Um, and so, yeah, it was an incredible conversation, and I am just so excited to share it with you. So I'm going to stop blabbing about how excited I am <laughs> and let us actually get to the episode. Um, I hope that you're encouraged by this episode. And if you're struggling with your mental health, I want you to know that you're not alone, you're loved, um, and that you are seen and you matter. Um, and yeah, again, I just pray this episode encourages you. And of course, go check out the Hope Booth. Um, I'm pretty sure that after you listen, you're going to definitely want to go do that if you haven't yet. Um, so yeah, without further ado, here is Gloria Umana. Welcome, Gloria, to the table. I'm so excited to have you. I'm excited to be here. I feel like every time I get the opportunity to share my story and journey on a podcast, it's always such an honor. Awesome. Well, my first question I always love to ask all my guests is if I was to get coffee with you, who shows up? What can I expect? (laughs) That's a loaded question. Even the people who know me best probably have no clue what's going to (laughs) happen. You're probably going to first hear me scold you for getting coffee instead of getting matcha. So that, like number one, uh, you'll probably be asked a lot of questions that make you think deeply or feel deeply. I'm a pretty intuitive person and I like to get to the core of things. Um, But also I just have a million questions in my head all the time. So these could range from very random feeling questions, but questions I've been thinking about for quite a while. Mm -hmm. And we'll probably laugh a good bit. I like to have a good time with my friends whenever we get the chance to kind of sit and chat. We just laugh about everything. I think we need a little bit more joy in our world. Uh, So you'll probably get a good bit of questions. You'll probably get a good bit of laughter. And then you'll probably hear me share some very crazy, ludicrous idea that I have that I'm pretty (laughs) certain I'll do. I'm just so pumped because of what you do. And so for everyone listening, if you would just share a little bit about 
what you do. Yeah, absolutely. The name is Gloria, and I am the visionary of something called the Hope Booth. And really, our whole mission uh, with the Hope Booth is to pioneer a movement where no one goes unseen. And really, what the Hope Booth is, is a three-minute interactive immersive experience that uses art and technology to spread hope through the form of a remodeled phone booth. And so kind of why we started the Hope Booth was in 2020, during a time where our world was uh, least connected than ever before, and there was so much hopelessness in our world, we kind of just looked around and we saw a problem. I think as innovators, when we see problems, naturally we find solutions. And we heard that the average person living on the streets goes three to six months without being looked in the eye. I remember hearing that for the first time and my heart was shattered, especially as both an innovator and a believer that was problematic for me to hear, to know that in a city where there's hundreds of churches, people who serve the God who sees El Roy, that there are individuals that walk by me that don't know their value and don't know that they're seen, that feel invisible. And I began thinking about my own personal story and just the reality that the feeling of invisibility is not just limited to those who are living on the streets. Uh, it was about 11 years ago where I nearly lost my own life to suicide. I know that feeling of invisibility. And so ever since that timing where God kind of just rescued me out of the darkness, I would just went on this journey of how can I use my life and leverage my life for the sake of others. And the Hope Booth came about um, just in light of my own personal story and in light of the timing of 2020 and all that was going on and the statistics that we were learning and the problems that we were seeing. And it's been about 11 months into this journey. I could never imagine us getting this far, but that's what happens when God breathes on something. And so I'm just excited to get to pioneer this movement. Wow. That is so special. And I love that 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 the vision for the Hope Booth kind of came from your personal story. Um, I'd love to know, like, with it being something that, you know, you were just really rocked by those statistics and now where you are now with the Hope Booth, what has been maybe the biggest challenge in kind of creating what the Hope Booth is now? Yeah, I mean, so our biggest challenge, I would say, is always going to be resources. I think mm -hmm. right now we're at, a, we're at a place where our team uh, we've got the right people. We have people who are truly committed to the work that we do, but also carry a heartbeat for the work that we do. Uh, it was really important for us from the jump that we didn't just have highly skilled people, uh, but we had people who were highly connected personally to what we're doing. Um, because I think in the long run, that's what's going to last is when you find people that carry the same heartbeat together to move on mission together in one direction. But I will say that our team is about 98% minority led. And so what that means is we naturally are not in predicaments where we have all of the resources that we need. We don't have access to all of the finances that we need in our communities. And so it has, uh, in essence, kind of pushed us to 100% rely on God because we really don't have a backup. There really is not another there's not another option or plan. And so it has been unique to see how God has come through every single time for us. Um, and I really think it's because when God gives you a dream, he's often thinking of others. And when that dream uh, fulfills the needs of others and meets the needs of others, and God is going to fulfill it because it's not about you. And so mm -hmm. I think that's the beautiful thing about the Hope Booth is that it has very little to do with us personally. It has so much to do with so many others 
uh, being impacted and, and encountering a hope that they would have never experienced without the hope booth. And so because of that, it's been really cool to see how the Lord has provided despite the challenges. That's incredible. So taking the hope booth everywhere, when you when you guys first started it, you mentioned that you didn't imagine like it'd get to where it was. When you first kind of had this dream, what did you think would happen? Like, did you expect it to be like a small, um, just a small moment? Like, what were you expecting? Well, when I had the dream, really the idea, when I was kind of developing this with one of the girls on our team, the idea really started as an iPod. It was how do we create like these solar powered iPods that we can easily get in people's pockets. And then we kind of just started thinking about the reality that, you know, what makes hope hope is the fact that it's accessible. It, it doesn't know any boundaries, borders, or barricades. It's not only available for people of certain, certain demographic or ethnicity, it's available for all. And so we started thinking about the different frameworks of how this could be created. And I just started thinking about phone booths. I honestly feel like the Lord just kind of planted that in my mind because I do remember growing up seeing phone booths very often and they always were lit. You could see them at night wherever they were because there was light inside of them. And I started thinking to myself, how cool it'd be if we could create beacons of light around our city, all over our globe where people can access hope regardless of what they look like or where they come from. And so to be honest, when we had this idea, I knew that this was a large idea, so large that I was assuming this would be something we would do like 2025, 2026, very futuristic, to be honest. We didn't we didn't think too deeply about it. I just shared the vision with the team January 2021, and then we didn't work on it. We just shelved it because we had no intention of God doing all that he's done thus far. And July came about, and we were invited to one of the world's largest art expos. And at the time, I, I thought about it, and I was like, well, maybe this is the perfect time to debut the Hope Booth. And so... We got to work and from July to October, the Hope Booth came to be. And October, we went out and had the opportunity to debut the prototype. And it was absolutely unbelievable to see the way that people responded to something so unconventional. I'll never forget, just we were actually filming video first before we even had people experience the Hope Booth. We didn't have the intention of anyone really like being too interested in experiencing it. We're just filming a video. We didn't think much of this, but when we put the booth down in the middle of London and unwrapped it, it was almost like all of London, England stood still for a solid 30 seconds. It got mm. so quiet. We had construction workers walk over to us. People began pulling out their phones, taking photos. So many people had questions. And it was really like surreal to see because people immediately wanted to try the Hope Booth. And we had people on the team that hadn't even tried it yet. And so it, it all has just happened so fast. We're only 11 mm -hmm. months into this journey. And every day I'm just constantly in awe of all that God has done. That is so cool. I love that. Like, I think that's always just the amazing thing about God when we have an idea and we have what we think it's going to look like and it yeah. turns out to be something totally different. Um, and I know there have been plenty of times I've seen clips um, of the Hope Booth and just what you guys do. And I was completely just blown away and amazed by just the way that it almost seems so simple, but it's so life-changing the way someone can just walk into a booth and be encouraged for such a short amount of time, but it can make such a lifelong impact. 
Um, and I'd love to know, like, is there one story, um, I know you shared about the moment in London, but is there a story that comes to mind if someone was to ask you, like, what was the moment that you have where you were like, this is why we do this? Yeah, there's a million stories, to be honest, which is why we have a documentary now. Um, so if you don't, if you haven't had the chance to watch it, shameless plug, you can go to <laughs> untilallarescene.com and watch our 33 minute documentary. Of it's the so time. good. <laughs> I mean, it was just incredible. This past March, we had the chance to go on a 30-day, 19-city journey across the country to spread hope through the form of Hope Booth. And I remember our first city was Nashville. And as the team was kind of unloading and getting ready, I just kind of sat in the RV for a second. And I, I can't really explain what was happening to me internally in that moment. But I was having this, like, internal crisis where I was trying to determine, like, did I just like rope this whole team into something that's just like going to just be fun? Like, is this yeah. just a cool creative idea or like, is this really going to change people and impact people and meet people exactly where it needs to? And I struggled with that for quite a while. And I remember finally just going out and I said, okay, well, let's just see what this first stop has in store. And within like the first three experiences or so, I had the iPad with me. So we have an iPad where we can kind of monitor the experience to ensure that there's no technical difficulties, but also mm -hmm. it does capture a vantage point in which we often tell our story when we are talking about the Hope Booth and people's experiences. And I'm looking at the iPad as someone is engaging with the Hope Booth experience. And I see this girl just in tears, truly in shambles. She is... Um, just her whole body's jolting. And I'm, I'm curious, like, what is her story? Because we've had plenty of people experience the Hope Booth and this is not always their story. Um, and so I knew afterwards we'd get the chance to hear her story. And afterwards she comes up to us and she shares with us that it was basically that day a year ago that her mom died by suicide and mm. her mom's name is Hope. And she said, this moment just made me feel incredibly seen because there's just no way that this could have been a coincidence. And like everyone on the team, we heard that story and we were just like, wow, like there really is no coincidence. These are perfect opportune moments in which people are being met exactly where they need to be and exactly when they need to. And I think that's the coolest thing about the Hope Booth in general is that as the ability to meet people where they are, I think there are some people who are in need of hope just for the day. And then there are some people who are in need of hope to live another day. The amount of times we've encountered people who needed it to live another day has been so unbelievable. And so my heart is just so overjoyed when we do meet those people because that is really close and near and dear to my own personal story in general to know that every year 700,000 people will lose their life to suicide and perhaps a three-minute experience can make that number 699,999. Like that that means a lot. And so to know that, you know, we're we're kind of opportunity perfectly opportuned in a space where we have the ability to reach people and potentially decrease some of these numbers. Yeah. Wow. That's so good. And like so special. And of course that's God, like the timing of when you guys started, especially in the pandemic, when numbers and suicide rates and depression were skyrocketing. And unfortunately that is continuing to get worse. And I think it's so 
it's encouraging to me to know that there's something out there, even if I haven't stepped into the hope, hope booth or even if I have not been able to, you know, be in one of those moments myself, knowing that there's something out there that's bringing hope to people around the world is extremely encouraging. And I would love to know, like, how is bringing hope to people through the hope booth changed your hope and impacted your life? Yeah, for sure. I, I can answer that in a really simple way. Um, it has helped me to realize that what we're doing is impactful, but it's not limited to the booth alone. So mm. we have a saying on our team where we say it's bigger than the booth. And we adopted that phrase uh, really truly for the first time. This was like our aha moment. It was when we were um, in Dallas, Texas. I, I've shared this story a couple of times, but this was the first time we had someone living on the streets get the opportunity to experience the Hope Booth. And his name was Kyle. And Kyle um, has been living on the streets for the last two years after 10 consecutive years of making $100,000 plus every single year in corporate America, losing his job in 2020 in the midst of the pandemic and somehow finding himself living on the streets. When we encountered Kyle and just reminded him the truth of who he is and his being. He just broke down in tears um, and said to us, you have no idea how much I needed this. And we started thinking to ourselves, like at this point, he had never even experienced the hope of this was just a simple conversation with us. Um, mm-hmm. But that's what pioneering a movement where no one goes unseen means. It means being carriers of hope. It means opening our eyes and looking around and trying to find someone who's in need of being seen. Because the reality is, Everyone's in need of being seen. Uh, literally, we talk about this often, but from the person living on the streets to the CEO of Fortune 500, we saw just a couple of weeks ago the CFO of Bed Bath & Beyond losing his own life to suicide. Yeah. And so that goes to show that there is no spectrum in which there's an individual who will not be in need of hope. Every single person who has a pulse, has a purpose, and therefore there's always going to be something fighting against that purpose internally within them. And so if we individually can commit and leverage our lives for the sake of seeing others, and perhaps we can see a change even apart from the hope booth. I would hope that in the future, we wouldn't have to rely on the hope booth to do the work, but that the hope booth would just be a catalyst for a movement that's carried by individuals. What would be your advice for those that really want to be intentional about bringing hope and light to those around them just in their everyday life? But You know, it can be extremely hard to just get in a mindset where we can slow down enough to see people around us. And what would be your advice about just being able to do that in our everyday lives? Yeah, that's a great question. I would first start by saying it's actually not that hard. Um, Mm. A lot of times we complicate everything because we feel as though we have to carry the weight of making sure everyone on this planet is seen. But if everyone can commit to seeing one person, and eventually everyone will be seen. There is a, a quote by Helen R. Walton. She says, it's not what you gather, but what you scatter that tells mm-hmm. what kind of life you have lived. I would hope that when you get to the end of your life, you could look back and say, I scattered hope every single place that I went. I scattered joy every single place that I went. It doesn't always have to be something so incredibly intrinsic and profound. Sometimes it is the simplest thing as saying, hi, hello. What is your name? It's as simple as smiling 
at a stranger. It's as simple as choosing not to be angry when the waiter gets your order wrong, but instead telling her you're doing a great job. It's really simple things. And so I think um, we just have to undercomplicate what we have overcomplicated for centuries and open our eyes and see who's around me, who's in my community, who's in my neighborhood, because it would be really lunatic for us to think that we can change the world if our cities remain the same. So if you can commit to transforming your city by starting with your own neighbor alone, then perhaps we can see a massive change in our world someday. I love that. This is so incredible to me um, because a little bit of my background, so I am a social worker and I just love the idea of counseling and different things like that. And I just love seeing people just encouraged and have hope. And so I am just so inspired by what it is that you guys do. And so I'd love to know for the listeners, maybe just some fun questions about the future of the Hope Booth. Where is somewhere somewhere that you'd like to take the Hope Booth, but you haven't yet? Uh, yeah, so everywhere, pretty much. Uh, <laughs> I feel like there's more places that we haven't been to than places we have. But really what's on my heart um, is to see the Hope Booth permanently installed in prisons one day. I think that wow. is often a demographic of people that are completely unseen and feel as though they are not worthy of good things, um, even as good as experiencing hope in the midst of despair. And so I think it could be really cool one day to see the Hope Booth there. How can someone partner with the Hope Booth or um, partner with what you guys are doing? Yeah, absolutely. So there is honestly quite a few ways to partner with what we're doing. I would say to be in tune with what we're doing often, uh, follow our Instagram at the Hope Booth. Um, You can also go to our website. We do write a monthly blog in which we kind of commit to teaching others how to see others in a really intentional way. Um, You asked me earlier, what can someone do who maybe is just overwhelmed or doesn't know where to start or what that looks like? Uh, Each month we craft just a really incredible write-up and at the end has a challenge for what you can do in that particular month to make others feel seen around you. And sometimes that is uh, something internal. Sometimes it's getting rid of the biases that we have. Sometimes it's deciding, okay, well, what is it inside of me that makes me fearful of being kind at times? And so I'd say one, you can go to the blog website. We also have a Patreon. I don't know if you know what Patreon is, but it's basically like a subscription-based community. And within this community, we've got people all over the world right now that are just committed to seeing others. And so this is the opportunity to um, be in community with people who are like-minded and care about this type of work that we're doing. And then other than that, you feel free to give monthly. We're 100% donor-based, which is really incredible to see that we've gotten this far in such a short amount of time, but it's because of people, the generosity of people and people who just care about the work we're doing. So those are a few ways to get involved. And then we're always looking for people to join our team and serve with us. And so that's you. You can always check out info on our website and send us an email and figure out how you can get connected with us. That's awesome. And for anyone listening, all of that info will be in the description where you can find the website um, and check out the Hope Booth. And as Gloria mentioned, be sure to go check out the documentary because it is amazing. Um, And I just love that you highlighted one of the stories that was in the documentary um, because I watched that and I was like, that is so incredible. Yeah. Um, But I'd love to know, like, on a more personal note, what is what is one thing that you hope to see going forward with the Hope Booth and maybe just one thing that this has done for your life? 
Yeah, for sure. Um, I think one thing it's done for my life clearly has increased my hope mm-hmm. in humanity. Um, I have seen the way um, movements have began in in the past. Like we think about Martin Luther King and just uh, the movement and revolutionary work that he's done and how it still lives today, even mm-hmm. though he's no longer with us. And I think that's something that my heart has always desperately desired is that the work that I'm connected to would be so much bigger than bigger than me that even when I do die, because I will someday, uh, the work will continue. It's not contingent upon me or my name. And so that's been something that I think has been really special that I've gleaned from all of this. And then something I hope for the future, I would say, honestly, is fairly similar, um, is that the work would continue, that people would carry, carry this heartbeat. And I, I shared this on my Instagram the other day after continually seeing uh, people losing their life to suicide, my heart and prayer is that it doesn't take something tragic to someone personally before they begin to take this seriously. Mm. I love what one of my friends, Danny says, she says it shouldn't have to happen to you for it to matter to you. And I think that is incredibly profound and important as simple as it is, is I think a lot of times we feel like if it doesn't happen to us or someone we know that we don't really care. We're not really bothered. But then the second it does, we suddenly care. And I think when we have the ability to carry the heart of God, we should be bothered by such things because these are image bearers. These are brothers and sisters. Uh, maybe we don't even know them personally, but these are indeed still brothers and sisters who are deeply affected by these things. And so that's my hope for the future um, and my hope for myself. I love that. And I think it would be really cool. I always believe or pray that if someone listen to this podcast, whether it's on accident or not, if there's someone that is just on the edge and just really struggling, that they would have a moment listening where they're encouraged and they encounter Jesus. And so if you could encourage someone that's listening that maybe stumbles upon this and they're in a place where they just have no hope and they're really considering maybe taking their life or just feeling like there's nothing left for them, how would you encourage them? Yeah, I I always start by kind of saying that like, you know, our mind has the ability to do so many things. It has the ability to acknowledge truth, but it also has the ability to acknowledge what is not true. And I think oftentimes we forget that our mind in its healthiest state, it's continually performing a near miraculous set of maneuvers. Like the fact that you are here exactly where you are breathing right now is proof that you are a miracle. I think um, the beauty about our existence is that we have the ability to hope. And I think this hope comes from the ability to identify these lies that we believe. It comes from the ability to identify what we are feeling that is contrary to what we know is true, but it hangs on tenaciously to a few reasons to keep going. So I think look around, find those reasons, though there are grounds for despair all around us. I think a healthy mind knows how to bracket negativity in the name of endurance. It clings to evidence of what is still beautiful and kind and good. It refuses to let itself be silenced by the chaos that's in favor of rage all around us. And so I would just encourage you to look around find the beauty, find the good, and remind yourself that the story doesn't end here and it won't always be this way. I know it sometimes feels like it will be, but it won't always be this way. 
And you're not alone. I was once there too. And I'm here today because I chose hope. And I hope that you choose hope too. Wow. That is absolutely beautiful. Gloria, thank you so much for joining me. And thank you for sharing about the Hope Booth. And um, I just appreciate so much what you guys do. And I cannot wait to keep watching how it brings hope to people all over the world. Thank you. I've truly enjoyed getting to be a part of this with you. Thank you so much. And for everyone listening, again, be sure to check out the Hope Booth. It is incredible. Um, They're doing amazing work that is so needed in this world. Um, And we will see you guys on the next episode. Bye.